Welcome to Living Water Radio. What's the weirdest celebration you've ever attended? Today, we're going to look at one that Jesus attended that I'm pretty sure was even weirder, including the part that might make a reality TV star blush. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ, ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. What would you do if Jesus came to your house for dinner? Kind of crazy, right? What if one of the guests was your sister, between you and whom Jesus had recently settled a work-related issue? What if another of the guests was your brother, who Jesus had recently raised from the dead? Does that strike you as weird? Well, when the going gets weird, the weird get going. Would it occur to you to wash Jesus' feet with $37,200 worth of perfume and then dry them with your hair? Well, that's exactly what happened. We see it in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. What's going on? Jesus has come to Bethany, a little town just about two miles over the Mount of Olives from Jerusalem. He's with some of his best friends, siblings Mary and Martha and Lazarus. All four gospel writers tell this story in slightly different ways. We're looking at the one in John today. Mary and Martha, you might remember from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, where Jesus and the twelve hungry disciples come by there in Lazarus' home. Martha gets to work to feed them all. She complains to Jesus that Mary isn't helping her, but instead is sitting at Jesus' feet, that is, listening to and learning from him. The story concludes with Luke 10, verses 41 to 42. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Lazarus, you might remember from John chapter 11, verses 1 to 44, where Jesus has mysteriously lingered during Lazarus's illness, and Lazarus has died. He's been dead for three days when Jesus arrives at Bethany, and Mary tells him that if he had been there, Lazarus would not have died. Jesus weeps. He orders the stone to be rolled away from Lazarus's tomb. Then we read in John eleven forty three to 44 when he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, Unbind him and let him go. Now, just a few days later, 
Jesus is with them in their home at what appears to be Jesus' favorite place on earth. These were his close friends, who were not among his close disciples. We have no record of him teaching publicly there. He just came there to relax and hang out with people who loved him and who he loves. Mary and Martha and Lazarus appear to be having a celebratory meal with the twelve close disciples of Jesus with what Leonard Sweet calls food, family, friends, fragrance. Fragrance is associated with the sense of smell that can help us identify things, feel things, sharpen our concentration or dull it, heal us, and produce desired outcomes. It can also be a time machine. When I smell raspberries, I'm back in my father's parents' garden. When I smell geraniums, I'm back in my mother's parents' backyard. Fragrance has long been used in worship. We filled the church I served in San Dimas with incense on Wednesday nights. When it was first proposed and concerns were raised about people with allergies, a physician's assistant in the congregation told us that incense was one of the treatments for certain kinds of allergies. Mary used a pound of perfume that was extravagantly expensive and powerful to anoint Jesus' feet. Its fragrance didn't just fill the room, it filled the house. Well, what would you have done in gratitude for the life of your brother? How grateful would you be? What would you give in exchange for 15 more minutes with your parents or a friend or a loved one? Seen in that context, it doesn't seem so extravagant, does it? After she had used it to anoint Jesus' feet, she dried them with her hair. Women didn't let their hair down anywhere but in front of their husbands. Mary anoints the feet of Jesus as a sign of service and drives them with her hair as a sign of humility. She uses a perfume more properly called spikenard, which was native to North India and imported in sealed alabaster boxes. The perfume, we find out later, is worth 300 denarii. Denarii is the plural form of denarius. A denarius was the daily wage of an unskilled laborer. So, if we take today's minimum hourly wage of 1550 and multiply it by eight hours for a day's work, we get $124, or the near equivalent of one denarius. Multiply that by 300, and we get $37,200. That's almost a year's wages, as the 52 Sabbath days would have been taken off. The thing is that we will all be united someday. And it didn't cost $37,200 a pound to get that. It cost something much more precious. It cost the blood of Jesus, poured out for the sake of the world on the cross. How do we show our gratitude, not only for our lives, but for our eternal lives? Jesus says this about life lived in response to the love of God poured out for us on the cross in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 37. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Nothing. 
There is nothing we can give in return for our lives, nothing we can do to earn our salvation. It is purely a gift from God. How can we then live in response to that gift? First, by recognizing that we are in the world but not of the world. We're going to seem weird to the world. Second, by listening to the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, in whom no weird thing is weird. Third, that God decides what is weird and what is not weird, that God is reality revealed to us by the Holy Spirit to experience life transformation and to live abundant lives by God's direction, by God's grace. That is, when the going gets weird in life, the weird get going by God's grace. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variants and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.